0: She met John when he was still mm-hmm. dating Jennifer. They ended up breaking up. John came back and pursued Sheena and Stacy as a thruple. Honestly, it's just like taking me a second for that to really sink in. Three people in a relationship. This was not a threesome. It was like three people hooking up. You know, this, this deep dive is certainly not PG. Well, well, well. Greetings. Hi. Hi. Well, well, well. T- today... I have prepared quite the episode. I think mm. you will leave this recording feeling enraged. Um, oh, no. And something I want to bring up is the fact that when we did our David Foster deep dive, mm-hmm. um, mom actually called me out for being really negative about David Foster. And what we're about to discuss could also come across as man-hating. Mm. In fact, mom commented on our post about David Foster <laughs> And I don't know if she knew that she was commenting on our post because she commented like a troll. What did she say? What was the she comment? just just one word and it was witch hunt. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Did you say that? This? Is, no, I didn't. <laughs> Stop. Yes. Witch hunt. It was like full troll post. And I'm like, did you know that you posted that on Pop Apologist, your two daughters podcast? And what did she say? No, I didn't even confront her about it. Oh, I know. I guarantee that she knew she was commenting that, by the way. She texted me something about, she was like, he's from a different time before that yes. was a bad word. A yeah. lot of David Foster apologism I was know. happening with Deb. She called me specifically to talk about it and tell me all about his charity work. I never heard her <laughs> pontificate about anybody else before like this. And I don't understand why she has like, why she's so hot for him. I know. It's it's honestly caught us both so much by surprise because I had never even heard her say his name. Never. Ever. I never. didn't even know that she knew who he was. So I to have her have such a hard on for David Foster, it just caught me completely <sighs> by surprise. Yeah. So the theme of today's episode is also witch hunt. You know, Chandler, I think it's totally fine to have a witch hunt against John Mayer because I think when you look at all the women he has dated and you hear their recollections of it. I haven't even read this research, but I feel like the general taste in people's mouths is not good when they hear about John Mayers, when they hear from John Mayer's exes. I don't think that he's left the majority of the women that he's been with for a solid amount of time better than he found them. That's no, he certainly doesn't observe the campfire rule. That's for sure. What I will say is, there were some surprising aspects in this article. I won't say that he's been redeemed by any means, but I do think he has made efforts. Not redeemed, but he's made efforts. Before we dig fully in to his sins, to his efforts at redemption, can we ground ourselves in where we came to, like how we approached John Mayer, how we thought of John Mayer before this deep dive? To be honest, I think my opinion of John Mayer pre-Speak Now, pre-Dear John, was totally great. I actually oh, really? don't think I knew anything about I I the Jessica Simpson thing was not on my radar. I don't think I was old enough to understand like how he had impacted her. So I I just thought he was like a total like smoking hot guitarist. It's interesting. I never fell into the John Mayer like crush or had a thing for John Mayer. Like so many women are obsessed with John Mayer and have major crushes on him. Yeah. But, and the reason is because we were told a story about John Mayer from a very early age from Courtney. And that story we were is, I mean maybe you never heard it. But let's Courtney not forget. You guys didn't really talk to me until I was like 18. That's true. You were pretty So annoying. there was a lot of history missed, okay? <laughs> That's true. Okay, so Courtney had a friend that basically she had the opportunity to hook up with John Mayer. Like she went up to John Mayer's hotel room. You never heard this? I never heard this. This is breaking news to me. Okay, this is shocking. So basically, she met John Mayer in LA. I don't have the details. Whether I don't think it was after a concert. I think she like met him at the Chateau Marmont or something. Anyway, John Mayer and her went up to his hotel room. And the girl says, allegedly, that John Mayer asked her, just within a few minutes of her being in the hotel room, is this going to happen or not? (gasps) Because if it's not, you should leave. Wow. Yeah. And I think that always stuck with me yeah and so that just i always got such an ick from him and then we got so much content from his exes so you know i never had your body is a wonderland as the soundtrack of you know my romantic experiences because john mayer just turns me off it's funny you bring up your body is a wonderland i swear to god that was like one of mom and dad's songs Okay, well, I really always don't want to talk about that. Just always made that song very gross to me. For once, you're being a little <laughs> disgusting. Thank you for bringing that up, Chandler. I actually think I remember... It's like that in Savage Garden. No, see, I think I remember that song coming on in the car and mom having put it on and dad being like, this is inappropriate. Like, basically, oh, really, like, this is not an edifying song. Turn it <laughs> off. Yes, completely. And mom, like, sheepishly that- turned it off. How does he know that those people aren't married? Chana, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that all of the people in John Mayer's songs are married and that's what you're married. going to have uncovered in this deep dive. And that is going to be his redemption. They were all married in a church. The yeah. <laughs> temple. Um, okay. well, let's get into it. We have so much to get into. This is quite a, lo- a long deep dive because he has quite a history. And this is going to come across as slut shaming. And I actually don't care at all. All right. Perfect. Let's go. I think it's I think it's worth just literally going down the list of the women that he has dated because there are some surprising ones. And I'll, then I'll get into more detail. Okay. Rapid fire. Rapid fire Vanessa Carlton, mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jessica Simpson, Cameron Diaz, Minka Kelly, Jennifer Aniston, Sheena Marie, Rashida Jones, Taylor Swift, Rena Hammer, Renee Zellweger, Katy Perry, Karen Shipka, Kristen Cavallari. It is a roster. It is a major roster and uh, that's just the women we know of. That's just the women we know of. Yeah, literally the women we know of. You don't know about the countless women that he has met, like that are normal people, I guess. like these are just like a-listers. you know? right exactly. or other celebrities that we just never heard about. So since 2002, John Mayer has dated some high profile women Wait, in Hollywood before we yeah. fully dive in. Do you have in this deep dive who, if John Mayer is who White Houses is about? I literally have that written in my notes. Can you imagine? (laughs) I don't think it's who he's written in. I don't think that he's who it's about, but yeah, that would honestly be, that that song is my Roman empire, if I'm being honest. Honestly, I think White Houses, if you were lucky enough to be born, okay, young enough to where you could listen to White Houses as a virgin, Mm -hmm. That was sort of an erotic experience <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can imagine. Right? I like, yeah. I'm so sad I have to continue recording this podcast. And I can't go listen to it right now, but please continue. I no, know, I know. Crash Anyway. Uh, so, but John Mayer. Anyway. Like, I like that one to me is really the banger. That and Pretty <sighs> Baby are the bangers over a thousand miles. Oh, my gosh. Vanessa Carlton, what happened to her? She was really putting out well. some epic tunes. Truly. So yes, Lauren, since 2002, when he really stepped out on the scene, he's been dating Mm -hmm. a lot of high profile women and his reputation has really gone through it. And a lot of this is due to a Playboy article that came out in 2010. Up until that article came out, he was kind of like the Pete Davidson of the world, Mm. just like dates a lot of people. But I think that the Playboy article and then tales from his exes afterwards really set off like wow, like we're actually learning about John Mayer and who he was in these relationships. Okay. And we're going to get into that article, but I think it's worth just going through his early dating history and then we'll 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 return to it. Okay, great. So Vanessa Carlton, this is going to be speedy. They got together and they dated for about a year. Vanessa later called John a quote, bad breaker upper. Mm. And this was just when John was starting to become well-known. That's really all the information we have about it. Okay. Um. Literally, I've written is White Houses about John Mayer. I'm gonna scour then, rap genius after this. Yeah, v- and that very same year, he starts dating Jennifer Love Hewitt. You know, he was starting to gain more popularity, and he didn't end up dating her for that long. But a long time rumor was that Your Body Is a Wonderland was about her, but actually, mm. that was about his high school girlfriend. He cleared up the record. Oh, really? Yeah. Do we know who you know that, that is? Lauren? Do we have a photo? <sighs> I'm so glad you asked. We don't have a photo, but what yeah. we do know. Is that his high school girlfriend, the subject of Your Body is a Wonderland, is a judge in Ohio. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Wait, she is currently operating and working as an honorable, venerable judge, officer of the court. Right. Please introduce the honorable Mrs. Your Body <laughs> is a Wonderland. <laughs> wow. Oh. I find this fact to be utterly amazing. Very random. I hope she's doing well. And honestly, nothing would make me like more confident maybe than knowing that song is written about me. And I'm also like this badass judge. I would pull a full Linda Thompson. That would be my Elvis. I would just, (laughs) that'd be my Instagram profile. Your body's a wonderland. I would grab the handle. I would have it in my email signatures. I probably get it, try to get it engraved on my little name placard on the bench. Right, right. Absolutely. Oh, How good would this be? My body is a wonderland, and that's your IG handle. That's kind of long. Anyway, let's move forward. (laughs) We then move on to Jessica Simpson, which begins in 2006. All right. And this is a big one. I read Open Book, her memoir, and it was staggering to learn about their relationship. I think I actually talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Can we just acknowledge that you always... Called memoirs, memoirs. Like you always like drag out that last memoir. Like it's, like, it's a memoir. Like memoir. memoir. Like the, I don't memoir. know what you memoir. say it in a very romantic mem- way. Memoir. No, you say memoir. Like her and memoirs. What do you say? Memoir. Well, what do you say? Memoir. Memoir. Okay, but you say memoir. In her memoir. I'm, I live in a big city. I'm more sophisticated with you. That's just something you're going to have to get comfortable with. You just put on your like Parisian beret and you are no, like, you know, writing I poetry actually, and talking about people's memoirs, <laughs> whenever you bring up that it's, word. It's actually more of the fact that I probably don't know exactly how to pronounce it. So I just like err on the side of like over pronouncing it. <laughs> anyway, but this isn't apologies. about me. We're not talking it's, about me. We're talking not. about Jessica Simpson. Kay. So. John Mayer and Simpson started dating in 2006, right after her high-profile divorce from Nick Lachey. Where were you in you 2006? Following? Not depressed. I was eleven. I'm <laughs> just trying to derail at every turn. Apologies. I'll stay on topic. Okay. Okay. So they start dating in 2006. They and start Chandler's dating in 2006, 11. and it is a long relationship that is very on again, off again. And I know I've talked about this on the pod, but I think it's worth refreshing everybody what Jessica had described in her memoir that came out later on. (laughs) In her memoir. In her memoir. Okay. So I'm going to briefly mention some of the things that Jessica talks about in her memoir detailing her relationship with John. So we know that this was an extremely toxic relationship, and that she always felt intellectually inferior to him. She describes nervously asking her friends to spell check her messages back and forth to him because Mm. he was always just like she felt like running circles around her mentally. I think that is very telling of a relationship. You know, I've dated people who are smarter than me, not very many. Um, (laughs) But I think that's something that John Mayer we see intentionally does. John Mayer thinks he's extremely smart. He basically thinks he should be in Mensa (laughs) <laughs> um, and he's always trying to flex with like, his, his in- intellect, and it's very annoying to me. I have dated also men like this. I remember when Kagan and I were first dating and I, I played a song by Keith Urban and I was like, I know it's so corny. I know like these song this is so lame, but I love this song. And he was yeah. he was like, I don't think it's lame. Oh. And I just and I remember being like, Oh, you're not gonna try to make me feel stupid right now right, by like, right. for liking something mainstream. Like you are like you have no interest in seeming cooler and smarter right, than me. It, right, was so, right. it was so so unique. Anyway, so I feel like so many guys are like this. And yeah, you you kind of have to go through that fire, I think, to appreciate nice guys when they come along. Absolutely. I mean, I think that you are most attracted. I'm speaking for women in general. You're most attracted to the two cool guys mm-hmm. for a reason, because they put on airs of being too cool. I love that about Kagan. What song was it? Just out of curiosity. Memories of you. Making memories I, of I you. I think that would have been laying it on pretty thick. <laughs> I know. I was like, it's that pretty thick. <laughs> I do not remember. I love Sorry. that. Cute. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get back to it though. John dumped Jessica over nine times. Okay. Always over email. And <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty rude. Then he would come crawling back saying he actually discovered that he loved her. He would say things to her like, You're not living up to your potential. And I love the idea of who you could be, basically, which is oh, really fucking annoying. That's actually so rude. It's so rude. It's like who you are in this point in time is not good enough for me, but I hope that you will rise to the occasion and become the better version of yourself who I will eventually love. It's just textbook toxic, like emotional Mm -hmm. abuse. Right, right. And you have to wonder, is this guy a sociopath? Does this guy actually have feelings? Like that Taylor Swift lyric, the biggest fear is that you never loved me or her or anyone. Like, I can't believe you just quoted. I knew you were trouble. I'm so so, so ready for this hard lyric. (laughs) Might as well just quoted like you need to calm down. Like like that Taylor Swift lyric, you need to calm down. Well, it's like, and you know, it's just amazing that Jessica, she couldn't like that Taylor Swift lyric, shake it off, this relationship, <laughs> that obscure lyric. I actually feel it's like, it's like honestly disrespectful to like quote that as like some of Taylor's best lyrical No, work. because I think that is a great fear you can have as someone looking back on yes. a relationship because that would, the idea that this person actually, because that's the scary thing about narcissists is that they're not real people. They don't have real feelings. Right. None of it's real. They're just yeah. vapors inside. And they're basically just like, they're completely empty. They're vessels. And so, like, that's the scariest fear of all. I don't think you've thought deeply enough about this lyric. I haven't. I haven't. I need to, yeah, I need to ponder. The greatest fear is that you never loved me or her or or anyone. Anyone. (laughs) One. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it, earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. What we'll see over the course of you know this case that I'm laying out is that John Mayer is an egomaniac and mm. he loves the way women reflect back to him. That's what the love that he is chasing. It yeah. is like, how do you reflect back to me? I don't want to jump ahead, but it'll become very. Clear. I think also in his some of his more recent comments that he's made. Let's continue on though with the Jessica Simpson relationship. Okay. John said that he was addicted to her, and that was kind of like what we'll see as well in this Playboy article. In 2007, a year later, they broke up um, in a way that seemed final, and then Jessica begins dating Tony Romo, and John and Jessica, you know, still stay in contact through text and email, and she says that she would show like the contact to Tony, but Tony did not like it. And that was actually the reason why they broke up. Mm. But a quick story that I think shows John being totally unhinged is that while Jessica and Tony Romo are dating, John would like go over to Jessica Simpson's family house. And Jessica came in one time and she was like, what are you doing? And he was there literally professing his love to, to her family, trying to get her back. It's just textbook narcissism, right? Yeah. Once they can't feed off of you, and once you are no longer giving them that attention, mm-hmm. they freak out. And yes, freak they freak out. out with your family. They right. ingratiate themselves in your lives, in your right. life to somehow get you back. It's like Tom Sandoval on VPR being like, I yep. still love Rachel, and so I'm sending her this stuff. And right, anyway. Right. I'm going to play an- a clip that describes how he broke up with her one of the times. Okay, And it's really sad because she was set to go on stage and perform with Dolly Parton. It was like one of the biggest moments of her career, you know, performing <sighs> with her idol. And he yeah. broke up with her, I think, the night before or the, or the day of. Um, and it just totally actually ruined her performance. Mm. Um, she actually like walked off stage. Yeah, so I'll let her explain it though.
1: Jay fills up a portion of her book, but she also gives a lot of ink to another man she loved. And in pops a guy named John Mayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might be the one that won't like to read this book very much. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, th- there's stories in here that John knows. I, he might be shocked that I reveal. John Mayer, who has been linked to Katy Perry and Jennifer Aniston, stole Jessica's heart and she says broke it over and over again. We were great at intimacy. We were great at loving each other. That was easy, like, but the relationship was very complex and it was always on again, off again. And I went back. Uh, close to nine times. And one of the days he broke up, Day, the Kennedy Center Honors. Yes, it was the Kennedy Center Honors. And he broke up with me, our third breakup or something. Um, it was right before I was going to do this huge thing. It was 2006, and Jessica was set to perform nine to five to honor her idol, Dolly Parton. In the audience, President Bush and a room full of dignitaries. I drank before I went on stage. That is not John's fault. I'm the one that drank. I just stopped and I froze. And then I just said I was sorry and that Dolly deserved better. Jessica left the stage and never finished the song. Revisiting that night and one photo in particular is still hard for her. You and Dolly and Reba and Shania. Mm-hmm. This picture that like most people would hang in their house. Yeah. You know, it's like these, like the mentors of mine that are like country goddesses. You know, but the story like, behind it and the story behind it. I can't even look at the picture. I can't look yeah. at my face because I know the pain that I was mm. having, and I didn't feel worthy of
0: being in that photo. I mean. He must have known what she was doing. Oh, of course right? he did. Of course he did. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. It is John's world. It's, on, it's on, purpose. on purpose. It's yeah. It's all about him. And he, whatever he's feeling, and him needing to break up with her, that was the most important thing. It was never about Jessica. It's it's John first. I never heard that story. I guess to, also to correct, I don't think she was performing with Dolly Parton. I think she was performing to Dolly Parton, and you know, a room full of dignitaries. Big oh, deal. Oh my gosh. And the fact that she just like walked off stage. I mean, she talks about her, you know, issues with drinking and whatnot. But I just think who would Jessica Simpson be if honestly John Mayer hadn't just done a number on her? It makes me really sad. Yeah, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Okay, everyone. And you might be sitting here listening like, why hasn't she talked about the Playboy article yet? We're going to get to that. I just want to like get through some of the chronological order of the women that he dated. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to Cameron Diaz, who he dates in 2007 after him and Jessica are done. They were you know, seen at NYC's Bowery Hotel being super flirty all over each other. Um, nothing serious ever came of it, though. He then goes on to date Minka Kelly in that same year. They split on good terms, apparently, and it was just a-, a short relationship. Another crazy story that happened around the same time, he made out with Perez Hilton in a club. He made out with Perez Hilton, a guy? Yes. That mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah. Interesting. John Mayer, this is this is a part of the story. John Mayer leaned into Perez Hilton and told him, I like to watch gay porn. You know, my favorite porn star is Brett Corrigan. He really turns me on. And Mayer supposedly followed that up by shoving his tongue down Hilton's throat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. How do more people not know this? I don't not, know. I really don't that, know. It's just interesting information. Yeah. Okay. So now we're getting to Jennifer Aniston. And I remember this relationship. Actually being a lot longer than it was, it seemed to me like they dated for forever, but they really only dated for, like, a year. Do you remember this yeah. relationship? I think it's because it just got so much publicity that they mm-hmm. were dating yeah. and that he was a little bit younger than her. Right, and right. And I think it was post-Brad, right? Mm-hmm. Post-Brad. he And she's eight years older than him. so. Yeah. They got together in early 2008 at an Oscars party, and the next year they looked smitten at a 2009 Vanity Fair Oscar party. But then they broke up shortly thereafter. They had gotten together right after her divorce from Brad Pitt, but before her marriage to Justin Thoreau. Yeah, he was and, kind of like a rebound f boy for her. Yeah, right. but they dated for a while, and he has just had basically nothing but glowing things to say about her. Yeah, like it's very interesting to see the way that he talks about his relationship with Jessica. And the way he like talks about her as a woman versus the way he talks about Jennifer. And this really is like revealed in the Playboy article, which we will now talk about. Okay. So in 2010, John is interviewed by Playboy. And this article is just absolutely wild. I was rereading it to prepare for this. And the things that he feels comfortable saying are utterly crazy. I mean, he talks a ton about how much he loves porn. He talks about like the way that he talks about just like getting laid. And it is like bad boy rock star. So he's just just like proudly out promiscuous man. Yes, absolutely. It's so crazy. I still just want to say, like, some of this, I barely feel comfortable speaking out loud. But anyway, I will read some excerpts from this Playboy article. The article really embarrassed Jessica Simpson and Jennifer Aniston. This is a quote from the article. When asked about how many women he slept with since splitting with Aniston, Mayer estimated four or five, no more. But even if I said 12, that's a reasonable number. So is 15. Here's the thing. I get less ass now than I did when I was in a local band. Because now I don't like jumping through hoops. Later, John Mayer says, there have probably been days when I saw 300 vaginas before I got out of bed, referring to early morning bitches on online pornography. Wow. Okay. Okay. He also said like some racist things. He said, I am a very, I'm just very, V-E-R-Y. And if you can't handle very, then I'm a douchebag. But I think the world needs a little very. That's why black people love me. It goes on and gets worse. Wait, he what's says, a very though? Very well. He's just saying, like, I think that's like, that's, he's like just he's an extra. extra person. Yeah, okay. I think it's like extra. He says, My dick is sort of like a white supremacist. I've got a Bennington heart and a effing David Duke cock. I'm going to start dating separately from my dick. Okay, he must have been just completely on drugs during this interview. No, I don't like, think no so. No one actually speaks this way. This is insane. I think he, no, I think he does. And the interviewer talks about how he just like, talks and talks and talks and it one subject leads to another subject jessica even talks about this in her book like one minute they're talking about one thing the next minute he's talking about you know the concept of time blah 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 (laughs) um you know it's just like no thank you he thinks he's like an expert pontificator no i once went on a date with a guy and i he had the same style it was like Mm -hmm. we would be talking about salt i don't know it'd be like salt on the table something super mundane and he would right. be like this reminds me of the time that i was motorcycling through africa and and then uh, he would it, Somehow how that would lead to the civil war and right you know, right dynasties falling and it would just be it's, it's just such it's so affected it's so try hard it's so pick me it's so wild it's not narcissism but like what is it I mean, I think that's part of it, right? I think that at every moment, it's someone who's trying to um, impress upon the person they're speaking with, their own intellectual superiority of their Mm -hmm. own prowess, whatever it is. I think that it definitely is playing into his own ego for sure. Right, right. Okay, I'm going to um, read you some more excerpts. For what it's worth, the title of the article is The Playboy Interview with John Mayer. The Tabloids' favorite rock star on Jessica Simpson, Jennifer Aniston, and Why the Best Sex Happens Alone. Yeah. Ugh. The yeah. fact that so many women love this guy. I know. Just I still is do. so depressing. It is so yeah. depressing. Yep. The interviewer asks what percentage of the album is about Aniston. He says, I don't want to say. I feel bad because people think Heartbreak Warfare is about her. I want to go on record saying it's not. That woman would never use Heartbreak Warfare. That woman was the most communicative, sweetest, kindest person. When I hear the record, I hope the songs make them think about their lives, not my life. Like when you listen to Coldplay, do you think about Gwyneth Paltrow? I don't write songs in order to stick it to my exes. I, I don't release underground diss tracks. Except he completely released Paper Dolls. Right, About Taylor right, Swift. Exactly. Yeah, the, the interview continues. You've rarely talked about Aniston. She has rarely talked about you. He John says, we just have a regard for each other's feelings that is pretty intense. It's been a deep relationship and it's no longer taking place at all. Have you ever loved somebody, loved her completely, but had to end the relationship for life reasons? Um, for life reasons, that's what he says. Yeah. He also kind of goes on to say that she didn't like how much he was on Twitter, how he was like into technology was distracting. Like, basically, the interviewer says maybe she'll download the album from BitTorrent, and John says if Jennifer Aniston knows how to use BitTorrent, I'll eat my fucking shoe. He says she saw my involvement in technology as a as courting distraction. Um, mm. Yeah. Anyway. I do have this fantasy that Jennifer Aniston exists in a world that is just it's a Jennifer Kane. It's a Jenny Kane right. oasis. It is filled with lots of plush cashmere, beautiful throw pillows, right. just so much comfort and coastal California vibes, yoga. Oh, no, she is. She's, she not is. On she's on Twitter. No, you know? she's not. He continues talking about Jennifer Aniston, and the interviewer asked him about a certain song. And he says, You know, you said that song isn't about Aniston. Why is it important for people to know that? And he says, I'm very protective of Jen. The interviewer asks, do you still love her? And he says, yes, always. I'll always be sorry that it didn't last. In some ways, I wish I could be with her. But I can't change the fact that I need to be 32. Oh, he was that young. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That kind of tracks for me. Yeah, it definitely. He clearly still, was in love with gross. being a young rock star, sleeping right, with tons right. of women. It, it's gross, but I also feel like it's just, at least he had the wherewithal, not that I'm his defense attorney, but at least he had the wherewithal to to know himself and to, uh, I think the nicest thing he ever did was probably get himself out of her life. Right, right. I would die to know what Jennifer has to say about John Mayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think she's too classy. Oh, of course. Yeah. So classy. Yeah. So, class- so classy. Also, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but I just would die to know her thoughts on Brad and Angie. Like, Oh, yeah. She Everything. She really, I mean. But this is what I think makes her a queen. She's just like never going to say anything. Yeah. She's above the fray. Yeah. Okay. But moving on to what he says about Jessica Simpson. Okay. So the question is, in 2006, you began dating Jessica Simpson and the paparazzi started stalking you, turning you into a tabloid fixture. Certainly you knew that was going to happen. John says, it wasn't as direct as me saying, I now make the choice to bring paparazzi into my life. I really said, I now make the choice to sleep with Jessica Simpson. That was stronger than my desire to stay out of the paparazzi's eye. That girl for me is a drug and drugs aren't good for you if you do lots of them. Yeah, that girl is like crack cocaine to me. I think it's also interesting Look at the way he says. He doesn't say, "I now make the choice to date Jessica Simpson." He says, "I now make the choice to sleep with Jessica Simpson." Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. No, it's you all know. about having sex with her. It's all right. about her body. And I feel like we've discussed this quote before. We have. We what have deep dive was we, that? I think I talked about her memoir. Mm, so that's it, right. That's right. Yeah. Right. So the interviewer continues. You were addicted to Jessica Simpson. He says, "Sexually, it was crazy. That's all I'll say. It was like sexual napalm." Which I still don't know what that really means. Slashes. Should we look it up? Should we look up what I look, napalm? Once I, I feel like I like looked it up all. as well. I feel Let's like I looked here. it up and I was like still kind of like confused. Okay, so napalm is a weaponized mixture of chemicals designed to create a highly flammable and gelatinous liquid. So I think he's just saying she was just like it was yeah, f- fire on looks sexy fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah something exactly. like that. You know, he's so smart. We don't we can't he's even so decipher like, what he's saying. I, I can't even remember and I've done two deep dives on this. <laughs> um, that is the big quote that sparked a, a chain reaction where Jessica, you know, spoke out multiple times about You know, how disrespectful she felt like that was. When you first read me this quote, I was a little bit like, oh, I would be complimented on some level, maybe because it just sounds so far fetched that anyone, you know, that (laughs) no one thought I I was that great of an experience. Um... (laughs) But I completely understand where she's coming from. Like he literally talks about her. Like she is just a body. Like she's just a piece of ass to him. She's literally just super hot. And he wanted to fuck her, which Mm -hmm. also I think is such a big fear women have when they're dating. It's so hard to know. Yeah. Does this guy actually like me or does he just want to screw me? He really spells it out in this next quote. So the the next question, but before you dated her, you thought of yourself as the kind of guy who would never date Jessica Simpson, which is so fucking annoying. Oh yeah, what does that mean? Like she's blonde, like bimbo vibes. You know, you're you're too, you know, you're too smart for girls like Jessica Simpson. Okay. So John says that's correct. There are people in the world who have the power to change our values. Have you? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Our values. I was I was able to stoop to her level. Then he goes on to say, Have you ever been with a girl who made who made you want to quit the rest of your life? Did you ever say, I want to quit my life and just effing snort you? If you charged me ten thousand dollars to fuck you, I would start selling all my shit just to keep fucking you. I get why she was so hooked on him. Because when a guy worships you this much, yeah, it's pretty intoxicating. Right, right, right. And someone worships you this much and then is also like pulling the cord, you know, Mm -hmm, half the time. Like it's just the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, right? It's because there's pookie adulation, pookie right. <laughs> adulation, which can sometimes be a little creepy. It's like when I yes. just kind of like, it's like he's patting you on the head. Yeah. But like the, you're a pet. But this is like the perfect mixture of love bombing and pulling away. Mm-hmm. That would be, I think that would mm-hmm. be napalm to a lot of us heterosexual women. Yeah. It's just crazy, though, like hearing him say there are people in the world who have the power to change our values. Like it was beneath my values to date Jessica Simpson. Right, like, right. Jessica no, Simpson's such a wonderful asshole. person. Such an asshole. Right. No, because what he's saying there is I value intellect and intelligence. But she right. was so hot that mm-hmm. I changed my values. So right. Just I was to able to stoop her. to that level. Yeah. Yeah. The interviewer starts to ask another question and John says, pardon me for interrupting. I love Jen so much that I'm now thinking about how bad I would feel if she read this and was like, why are you putting me in an article where you're talking about someone else? I don't want to be in your lineage of kiss and tells. It's just so clear how he like wants the respect of Jen, Mm -hmm. even post relationship Mm -hmm. doesn't give a single fuck about Jessica. You know, she's just like fully discarded. And I think that he clearly just does not respect Jessica whatsoever, but has Mm -hmm. a lot of respect for Jennifer Aniston. Right, right. And he probably thinks Jessica's an idiot. He probably did not respect her intellect whatsoever. And Jennifer Mm -hmm. came across to him as much more classy and much more whatever. And so, yeah, he wants her approval, you know, because of his values, Chandler. Right. His values. Last question I want to just read for you. The interviewer asks, at this point, what's your ideal relationship? And he goes, here's what I want, really want to do at 32. So he is 32 when this happened. Here's what I really want to do at 32 fuck a girl. And then as she's sleeping in bed, make breakfast for her. So she's like, what? You gave me five vaginal orgasms last night and you're making me a spinach omelet? You're the shit. So she says, I love this guy. I say, I love this girl loving me. And then we have a problem because that entails instant relationship. I'm already playing house. And when I lose interest, she's going to say, why would you do that if you didn't want to stick with me? Okay, so he wants to give the girlfriend experience, but he doesn't want a girlfriend. He doesn't, he doesn't actually care about the girlfriend. And if you li- listen to this, it's like he wants to feel the praise from her reflected Mm -hmm, back to him. It's not about, I want to find someone who is X, Y, or Z. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want to make someone so happy that they worship me. To be honest with you, as you're reading that quote, it was so confusing. So was like, wait, there's a girl here and she's talking? No, this is his narration of what she's saying back to him. Which is, thank you so much for this. You're a chef and you're just just a stallion in the sheets. Yeah, it's just, it's all about him. And, uh, but it's, I I don't know. It just definitely tracks though for 32-year-old heartthrob very talented musician who is objectively very attractive. Like you could see how this monster could easily be created. Mm -hmm. I mean, they talk a lot about, or there's a discourse about what happens to people when they become famous. And for men, a lot of times it is, it's not a good trajectory. Right. But Lauren, I want to get to someone else whose path crossed with John Mayer. None other than Sheena Shea. Ah, yes. I was waiting for this worlds are colliding all right sheena was in a throuple with john mayer and stacy adams i first read this as stacy abrams and i was like what <laughs> and i was like wait is there another sl-? plot twist <laughs> like literally stacy adams so sheena gave honestly the most hilarious interview it's it's good as gold where she talks about like the relationship and I'm going to play it for you. Um, But basically she met John while she was working at the grand Havana room when he was Mm -hmm. still dating Jennifer. They both came in, they like drank together a little bit and then they ended up breaking up. John came back and pursued Sheena and Stacy, you know, it was as a thruple, you know, this, this deep dive is certainly not PG. No, it's absolutely not. And so they were just in a thruple it was fully there they were in a trouble for like six months honestly it's just like taking me a second for that to really sink in three people in a relationship this was not a threesome at chateau marmont on, i mean it was like know, sorry not Sunday three after people after in a then. relationship i think it was like three people hooking up okay so they were just hooking up together this, yes they were this just threesome. hooking up together they for were like six actually, months though right because he doesn't do breakfast yeah. he doesn't do right the girlfriend relationship the spinach then. omelet we're going to have a problem if she thinks we're in a relationship. <laughs> we're going to have a problem. This is a threesome. This is not a throttle, ladies. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have a problem. Let's be clear. Let's be if clear. You, if you want anything beyond the eggs, breakfast only in this house, ladies. Okay. I think that we should we should make some clips with this interview because it's just, it's so perfectly like, I don't know, t- you know, early aughts or mid aughts, even though, that, I don't know if you can call it 2010 mid aughts, but anyway, it's a Young Hollywood's exclusive with John Mayer's new friend.
2: (laughs) Hey everyone, it's Michelle Marie, and I'm sitting here in the Hollywood Hills with Sheena Marie. Now, it sounds like we're sisters, but we're not. But we're going to talk like sisters right now because she is giving me the exclusive with John Mayer. Now, so many people right now are wondering, what is the real story? And we've been hearing rumors like, you're dating, you're his girlfriend, you guys just hang out. We want to hear it from
3: you. So... First off, I just want to know how did you guys meet? I met him. I work at the Grand Havana Room in Beverly Hills, and he had his birthday party there last year. I happened to be the lucky girl that got to work it. So it wasn't this past April? A lot of people were saying it was just this past month. No, I I, I mean I met him previously, but um, when I met him, he was with Jennifer. I walked her to the bathroom. She didn't know where it was. It's kind of like hidden back, and she told me how pretty I was, and she was just like, "Oh my God, you have such beautiful eyes." It's not like she was so sweet. They seemed happy. They were cute and cuddly and. Drank the same kind of drink and... What was a drink? It was a Patron Platinum on the rocks with a lime and I had to keep getting her extra (laughs) limes because she liked a lot of limes just like me.
2: (laughs) Did you see any sparks or did you feel any chemistry with John at that moment?
3: Um, I mean we all had some drinks together and he's just, he's a really funny guy like he just has an amazing personality so I know sometimes that can be taken off as like flirtation so... <laughs> mm, I, I don't know. Okay, so this is
2: a while back now, and recently, obviously, the reports are saying that you guys are hanging out. Tell me, like, from then on, what happened?
3: He came back into the club um, just recently, a couple months ago. They were broken up. We kind of talked, this and that. And we both were going through a breakup at the same time. And so I think when two people kind of have something in common like that, mm-hmm. you know, we were both sad at a certain time. So it was after they were broken up oh, when you guys started talking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that I want to make clear. No one's right. cheating on anyone. This wasn't like, at his birthday, he slipped me his number, or vice versa. This is just recently. <laughs> but we want to know the real deal, so... What is the status between you and John? He's not my boyfriend, <laughs> we're hanging out. You know, whatever, however you want to take that, but okay. not my boyfriend. <laughs> what kind of things do you guys do together? Um, obviously we've never been out together, there's no pictures of us together. Um, <laughs> so. But you know, just, uh, we're just gonna kind of, bit of imagination, you know, hanging out. We're we have Let me just stop brilliant. you and say
0: I was just like begging for her to be like we watch movies or something. <laughs> but Wait, like, I'm gonna leave it to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with Sheena Shea in this interview. I this know be best also, work of all time. She's never been happier than in this interview. I've never oh, she's seen her glow- so she's brimming. She is glowing to say that she's screwing John Mayer yes, and that she's yes. one of his booty calls. This is her Elvis right now. It literally is. Okay.
3: <laughs> it's all about keeping it on the DL, right? Yes, so totally. Yeah. The paparazzi, of we all know how John is with paparazzi. John says the best thing to say is no comment, you know? But sometimes when you just. There's so many people breathing down your neck, and that's why I just. I kind of wanted to set this straight. Mm-hmm. I'm not his girlfriend, but it's just. I, I don't want people also saying things about me that are false. Right. So. And especially at a time like this when. I have a new show on the Disney Channel with the Jonas Brothers coming out. I don't need people like Perez Hilton calling me a media whore. I mean, really? like Yeah, but see, that's the thing, though. Like, Because you have a show coming out, everyone thinks that this is why you are out in the media. Yes, everyone thinks that, oh, Sheena sold the story. Of right. course not. I wouldn't jeopardize my job, a friendship, uh, anything. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, this hasn't just hurt me hurt him. I mean, my family is being brought into this right now. I'm getting my mom's getting reporters calling her and it's like, Mm -hmm. I would never do that to my family. That's that's not me. I'm not that kind of person. There are quotes out there for me. It's like spring break. I mean, I don't talk like that. I don't say things like that. (laughs) And obviously, someone being in the public eye all the time, he understands what it's like for people to make up rumors.
0: And I mean, we can cut it there. But there's a seven minute interview that is so good. Wow, that was excellent, yeah. Chandler. I mean, you yeah. would just go out on that high? That did everyone. <laughs> literally, I would. But there's like eight more pages. Oh my gosh. Okay. Obviously, Sheena's not mentioning that it's a three-person sexual relationship here, but we have more details on that. She says we had a little throuple going on, but then there was like me and another her. Everyone always had attention. So I think it means, yeah, it was all good. She explains that she was actually eventually fired from the grand Havana room because a coworker told on her for her relationship. She says she never told a soul, but she got fired because she wasn't allowed to fraternize with members. So she calls John and she tells him, like, I just lost my job. There are all these rumors swirling. And, you know, she called John Mayer to tell him that she didn't leak the story. And he believed her. He said, no, it's cool. I don't think you would do that. We've been hanging out for six months. You probably would have done it by now. And so I was like, you know, I'm losing my job over this. It was the week of my birthday. And I'm like, I don't think as a cocktail waitress, we really get like a severance package. She says that to him. him. She says that to him. Yeah. I don't think he like gave her money or anything. But you know what? God works in mysterious ways because you know where she ended up getting a job? Villa Blanca. No. Mm-hmm. That's what led her to the yes. doors of Villa Blanca and Lisa Lisa Vanderpump. We should be thanking John Mayer. She owes John Mayer her career. Literally. That is Literally. crazy. I mean, it wasn't wow. the Jonas Brothers show. The one thing I will say is the pendulum that Sheena Shea has swung on in, when it comes to the men that she has called cavorted mm-hmm. with from eddie Sibrion. yep eddie sibrian and john mayer to the dungeon head of, of her first husband there's been quite it's, a range right no it's, anyway. it's amazing i uh, yeah she is a mystery to me an enigma wrapped in cash all those things like i just yeah I, you just watch that interview with her too and she's just like she nobody comes across as more naive no but you know absolutely. it's all worked out for her so did he dump her though, like unceremoniously, so, when she basically was low key asking for money? Well, no, no, no. Sheena says I definitely got jealous towards the end of because I knew he liked her more. Meaning Stacy. Stacy actually ended up being a bridesmaid in her wedding, okay. though. So it was like everything ended okay. But she says talking about Stacy and John, she says, "Wait, I brought you into this, and like you're, now you're getting more attention than I'm getting. Like, what's up with that?" She says, and then after him and I stopped talking, they still continued talking, and there were a lot of things. Like, her and I had an awkward friendship falling out, but then, well, we came full circle a year later, and we've never been closer. Okay. All's well so, that ends well. But it ends well with that friendship, but what about her and John? Stacy and John? No, with, what about Sheena and John? Sheena and John break up, because, like, she felt like Stacy Stacey, gotcha, he was more yeah. into Stacy. It was clear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so... After things end with Sheena, Stacy, and John, he's spotted with Rashida Jones. I don't know if it was confirmed that they were in a relationship, but they were spotted together at a charity event. I honestly think she might just be like too good for him. So that one seems a little, little weird for me. Yeah, I was but- going to say, I feel like that would be someone who would be compromising their values to be with John Exactly. Mayer? Yeah. Yeah. I know, but we, we got to be careful because you know who's up next? Who? <gasps> Ta- Taylor. Taylor hmm <sighs> okay let's yeah. hear lauren as we made our descent into new york you know from our beloved guana island trip mm. i got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food like my mm. clean simple eats protein powder Although, this is what I'm going to say about this really quick. If there's anyone perfectly primed to be right. drawn in by John Mayer's tricks and his particular brand of male allure and gravitas, it's Taylor Swift. Taylor oh, Swift, absolutely. I'm sure sunk her teeth so yes. hardcore I mean, into John Mayer's year old Taylor Swift, too. Oh, right. Naive, completely unaware. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was a match made in hell. Right. But Sonic heaven for us. Sonic yeah. heaven. Okay. Let, let us begin. Court is in okay. session. Okay. John unknowingly dug the grave for the first chapter of his celebrity life when he tweeted that he was working on a song and wanted to sing it with a 19 year old fearless artist. This is the tweet waking up to this song idea that won't leave my head three days straight in a row. That means it's good enough to finish that he wrote this in March 2009. It's called half of my heart and I want to sing it with Taylor Swift. She would make a killer Stevie Nicks in contrast to my Tom Petty of a song. Okay, March 2009. Something tells me that he just wanted to fuck Taylor Swift. Right. Continue. Continue. They recorded the song, and then at some point between December 2009 and February 2010, John and Taylor had a relationship. Okay. It's short. <sighs> Keep in mind, too, March of 2010 is when the Playboy article comes out. Okay. So, the, wait, sorry. Ground me in the dates again. So, between December 2009 and February 2010, they have some type of a relationship. And then, so very shortly thereafter, he does the Playboy interview. Correct. Correct. Cri- yeah. And does he talk about her in Playboy? I don't no I don't think so. I don't think she was like super notable for him. Wow. I don't know. And maybe maybe also people didn't totally know. When the history um, books are written, Chandler, the historians will sit together with their with their quills mm-hmm. and they will just put John Mayer asterisk, you know, and then at the bottom it will say also a singer of some note and that he, she he is just a footnote in is Taylor known. Swift's world. Right. This man has been known to pick up a guitar. That's all we really know or care (laughs) about him. That's it. Yes. But he will just be known as someone that she wrote a song about. The only reason he'll Mm -hmm. even be in the books is because of Dear John. Literally. And this is when I enter the scene as a person in the world because it is just like unfathomable to me like how he hurt her. So Taylor Swift ended up writing a harsh breakup song called Dear John. And basically all but confirmed it was about him. John did an r- interview in 2012 where he said, you know, it made me feel terrible because I didn't deserve it. I'm pretty good at taking accountability now, and I never did anything to deserve that. It was a really lousy thing for her to do. I never got an email. I never got a phone call. I was really caught off guard, and it really humiliated me at the time when I'd already been dressed down. How would you feel if at the lowest you'd ever been, someone kicked you even lower? It's just like, mm, I don't feel bad for you. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Why did he discuss what a masterpiece of a song that is? Oh, he, he couldn't. He couldn't, he couldn't. it would jeopardize she his was, own career. She was shining like fireworks mm-hmm. all over his sad scary town. I don't know right. if those are the exact words, but <laughs> no, that's um, not. shining like fireworks over your sad empty town. Sad empty town. That's right. A sad yeah. scary town, I knew it wasn't right. And you know what, Chandler? There's no responsibility in that town. Okay. Oh there's no yeah. responsibility no, ever taken in that town. There's none. No, zero. Also, he was 32, she was 19. Yeah, well. <sighs> uh, okay, so just once again, back to the Playboy article. Speak Now was released in October 2010 when all women still really hated John after his Playboy article from earlier that year. Mm. It's interesting to think about like the headspace and the behavior patterns that John must have been in at that time to both hurt Taylor Swift and give his worst interview of all time within a very, you know, close time frame. Mm. And also be with Sheena. Yeah. So he, on the court of public opinion, he was just completely. Like his PR was, was done so in that moment, and, yeah, and that's why he's saying, you know, someone kicked me when I was already down, right, 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 yeah. right, boohoo. You know, I'm gonna read some Reddit blurbs, you know, with people talking about their opinion of the song. Okay, some people think he tried to sue Taylor for using his name. Did you know? That? Oh, really? No, yeah, I didn't. But her team, you know, said it, it. It was simply taken from, you know, the Dear John letter, just like that. <laughs> idiom. Also, whatever metaphor. I don't think that you can sue someone for using well, you your can. name. It's called freedom of I, speech. I think so. Yeah. I'm sure that the judge in Ohio would agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's just handing down that innocent verdict to Taylor. You know, we don't know what exactly he did to Taylor Swift. We know about the song, but we don't know exactly what happened. Everything we think we know is based on an interpretation of song lyrics. This is also from a Reddit comment, just FYI. Everything we think we know is from that song and it's reading in between the lines. We don't even know for sure if they date it in the truest sense of the word. Mm, Unlike mm. every other person with whom Taylor has been in a confirmed relationship. There's no paparazzi pictures of her and John at a restaurant, in a car or anywhere else in public all pictures of them are at industry events or on stage together. Obviously, it's pretty clear that something went down between them that caused her to be deeply hurt. And for him to feel like he was blindsided by Dear John, this is this person saying, my take is that based on my life experience, they probably got close after working together, eventually hooked up. He thought it was casual. She thought it was the start of something. He led her on and then ghosted her and she wrote a song about how she felt in the aftermath. You know what's so annoying about that is It sounds like someone who's. Never actually listened to the song. And right. just as saying, like, oh, the constant trope, she won a commitment. He didn't. Right. And that's he was and just he having fun. Off. And he was boys just, like, I'm sorry. Have you listened to the actual depth of suffering mm-hmm. in that song? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was never impressed with her acing his right. tests. What I mean, this went so beyond them just having different expectations. This was a man who was cruel. It was a song about his emotional abuse. Yes, completely. I mean, never impressed by her acing his her test that goes that corroborates corroborates. I always say it wrong. Corroborates, yeah. That corroborates Jessica Simpson's account of you know mm-hmm. him making her feel dumb. When Taylor says, "Long were the nights when the days once revolved around you, counting mm-hmm. my footsteps, praying the floor won't fall through," mm-hmm. it's just like, are we going to be together? Are we going to break up? Like, just the mm-hmm. you know never feeling secure. Yeah, it's so not about just, oh, he just ghosted her because she got clingy. It's like, no, this was a toxic dynamic that right. she wrote about beautifully in her album Speak Now. So F you to this Redditor. Screw that. Yeah, I think that's very clearly from a dude. Also, would have, could have, should have, I believe is about John Mayer. Oh, yeah. Such you know, a John. Such give me back song. my girlhood. It was mm-hmm. my first. Full <sighs> body chills. This is the first toxic relationship she was maybe ever in. Yeah, I mean, I think that this, unfortunately, she was suited up with some armor, some walls were built, okay? Mm-hmm. And she would need that armor as she entered her foray with right. Jake Hall just a few years later. Ugh. Wow. Amen. Okay. Unfortunately, we have to get back to John because that's what our podcast is about. I would rather just talk about Taylor. I agree. Um, let's actually just but, dissect the lyrics of Dear John. Instead of yeah, let's just finish it out. Yeah. Long were the nights. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, so, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, so, Lauren, you may not know this, but after Taylor Swift, he went on to spend some time with Kim Kardashian. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. He oh, went on a sorry. few times is dear john in the era's tour is that on the set list i don't think so i think i don't think so either um, i think it's been like a surprise song or something yeah okay okay yeah sorry go ahead lauren no more taylor swift we have to talk about john mayer (laughs) and then after we're done recording we can go back to talking about taylor swift it's perfect anyway he went on some dates with kim kardashian but you know she that fizzled and she went on to to date and marry chris humphreys he goes on to then date renee zellweger Mm -hmm. Um, they only dated for about a month, nothing really happened. And then we get into the Katy Perry chapter of John Mayer. Can you remember this? I do remember this. Yeah, they dated for Mm -hmm. quite a while. Oh, quite a while. It was a roller coaster though. So they dated from twenty twelve to twenty fifteen. That they went public in twenty twelve. And like a few months after that though, they called it off. And it was off again, on again, you know, par for the course for him. They split again in March of 2013, so a year later. But then they were reunited over the summer and recorded their romantic duet, Who You Love. Do you know this song? I I don't know this song, Joe. You don't know this song? Wait, can Mm -hmm. I play it a little bit for you? Sure. It's a duet between the two of them. It's really good. It's really good. You don't know this at all? Oh, yeah. I've heard this song. Yeah.
1: You love Oh,
0: I hate his voice.
1: <laughs> you love who you love. Who you love. My
4: girl's
1: aunt, the one that I saw coming. Sometimes I don't know which way to go.
0: Okay, you can turn it off. Thank you, that's enough. Okay. Um, a beautiful song you know what you know what I just makes me irate about john mayer what is because i his voice actually is beautiful but it's knowing that he's such an asshole oh and yeah. he's actually not like a super romantic person genuinely he just right. is super promiscuous and uses women it just is so infuriating because it's like I don't know. You just would like the author, the person behind this music to be a genuine source right. of romantic virtue. And it's I just think hollow. To his idea of romance is how much a girl loves him. Yeah, right. Right. Actually, absolutely. I have another quote, too, from the Playboy article that I think nods to this. He says, you know, at one point he says, for me, it has never been about fucking lots of girls. I could have fucked a lot more girls in my life if I hadn't been trying so hard to get them to like me. If I have a conversation with a really hot girl that lasts all night and she says, wow, I had no idea I was going to like you this much. End quote. He goes, that is the equivalent for me of getting laid. Yeah. Okay. So he, he doesn't need just physicality. He needs obsession. Obsession. He needs you to be completely. yeah, Lauren, there is a quote within the last year that could further. Confirms no, this. It's no. It's shocking. It's shocking. I think I should get a master's degree in John Mayer after this. I, episode. absolutely. So, a PhD. This has been a stunning dissertation. <sighs> stunning. Thank you. Okay. So basically, by February 2014, they had split again, but then they were cozying up together in September of 2015. Him so, and Katie are on again, off again. Him and Katie are. All- they were on again. They wrote that song together. The song gets released. But a year later, they break up. They get back together once again. They split up. By 2016, she's dating Orlando Bloom, and you know okay. the rest is history. She, at one point, said that they had to call it quits due to their busy schedules, but that she were, you know, saw John as kind of a tortured soul. She even said, I do have to figure out why I'm attracted to these broken birds, referring to both John Mayer and Russell Brand, her ex-husband. Mm. Also, at one point... Katy mm-hmm. Perry um, has to rank Diplo, Orlando Bloom, and John Mayer as lovers, or she has to eat a thousand-year-old egg. And she decided to rate them. She said Diplo was number three, Orlando was number two, and John Mayer was number one. You know, I believe it. Here is what I really I believe: you know it What too. my Roman Empire is. What has John Mayer ever made love to a woman with his own music playing? Probably, right? I feel like For sure. 100%. Maybe it's not an every-time thing, but that's absolutely been a thing. And then he's like, i oh, just go with it." Completely benefiting. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that, come on. If you're a John Mayer fan, that's actually your fantasy. Like right. you, Wonderland. That playing, you know? Right, right. When those brunette tendrils He's are. He's like oh, scurrying downward. It's like, play- okay. that's enough. <laughs> um, that's enough. So moving on to 2022, getting into more recent years, because his okay. dating life has, you know, kept a much lower profile, I would say, in the last 10 years. Post Katy Perry, I would say he. There were rumors about John and Kiernan Shipka. Do you know who Kiernan Shipka is? I don't. Why don't you Google her? Because you'll recognize her. And I don't know her IMDB by heart. Okay. Okay. I recognize her. Um, Yeah. She's very young. She's like the little girl in Mad Men. Right now she's 24. So he recently had a relationship I think when she was 24... No. Or she might have been 22 and he was... There's... Either way, no matter what, there is a 22-year age gap between the two of them. Okay. So this is what the, the rumors are. Um she was at his album listing party. They were photographed hugging each other goodbye at Sunset Tower. There then another weekend there was a 4-hour dinner. At one point John sang to her during their meal. Oh, um they they left them, that meal separately but apparently pulled over a few minutes later so that Karen could hop into John's car and she ended up getting dropped off at home. So yeah, those are like the rumors about her. Moving on to your favorite celebrity, Kristen Cavallari. Oh, yeah, I love Kristen uh, Cavallari. Uncommon James. Literally, we can't get enough. She revealed that he asked her out, but she didn't want to be another notch in his belt. Um, but then by the summer of 2022, there were numerous reports that they had been on a few dates and they started following each other on Instagram. And she had alluded to going on dates with a high profile mystery man, um, mm. which could possibly be John. If I never heard another word about Kristen Cavallari, I would be happy. I don't I care about Christine her at Cavallari, all. Is like on the road or already a billionaire with right, Uncommon right. James? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, it's like, that's That is, is very to intriguing to me. Right. But yeah, you know, I think that he probably saw a dollar signs. Kristen Cavallari, beautiful girl. It's just funny oh, that like, he's like so highbrow and then he's also chasing Kristen Cavallari. Right. Like, right. Exactly. Whose claim to fame Kristen, is a Tail. Yeah. I think John has tried to do a lot of reputation work, he's really kept a low profile dating wise. Right. And he said, I've inherited a younger man's reputation. You can even break bad boy into good bad boy and bad bad boy. I somehow managed to become a bad version of a bad boy. I don't even get that quote. I think the only thing that makes sense, the only part that makes sense is that he says, I somehow managed to become a bad version of a bad boy. It wasn't like he was just this like lovable bad boy. He was like actually a a bad version of a bad boy. Well, I think that, yeah, you have mega celebrities who are... Emotionally deeply scarred right. By their experiences with you You also give a completely unhinged interview In Playboy right. And it's just like I don't know how I inherited This right. reputation <sighs> He talks can you about. Imagine also. Can we just say this what? really quick? Isn't it funny how there are no there's no female equivalent of like mm-hmm. all these men have dated this one celebrity, mm-hmm. this one female, and right. they have all been really little bit Linda a little bit and she is just you know as sweet as can be. Right. I right. mean. It's just interesting that there's truly no female equivalent mm-hmm. in the celebrity world who a lot of A-listers have dated and have written in their memoirs about right. how scarred they are by this woman, right, right. Um, who've written songs about the wreckage. Mm-hmm. It's just funny how, yeah, it's just, it's just something to note. Oh, yeah. So he seems to have some sense of self awareness, or at least he's being more open about being self aware, whatever. Uh, He's parading around like he has some self awareness. Um, In 2017, he talked about one of the songs that he can't play live. It's called Never on the Day You Leave because it makes him so emotional. Uh, He said, There's a line in there that's so brutal because it's so true. He said the line, you know, is she'll fight for you like hell, then force herself to some other man. That's what women do. They show up 100%. There's a time they are 100% with everything. And then at some point, for whatever reason, not making a judgment, you or someone else says, nah. And what they force themselves to do to get over you is so transformative for good and bad that you will never see that whole person again. Sorry, I'm so confused by this quote. <laughs> These quotes literally make no sense to me. He says, They're transformed it, by like their healing journeys to get over it. Yes, I think what's the meat of it is like... It- his uh, his view of women in relationships, you know, she'll fight for you like hell. Then, if you break up, she'll force herself to some other man, and that's what women do. They show up a hundred percent, you know, and what they force themselves to do to get over you is so transformative, for good and bad, that you will never see that person whole again, or you will never see that whole person again. <laughs> okay, You'll, I Thank don't know you so much for breaking this shit down. I'm trying. So I'm what trying he's so- saying is that he's smarter than think- us, Lauren. He's fucking smarter <laughs> than us. Wake up. So that's true. So what he's saying is the person who you know he met who had not been through the trail of tears that he was about mm-hmm. to bring them on he will never get that naive sweet person back he will right, never see you know, them all again they will remain changed they will right. yeah and that right. that is absolutely the case and i think that's what taylor swift is talking about when she says uh, you stole my girlhood and it was mine yeah. first right, it was mine right. first like she misses who she used to be too mm-hmm. right before F- like face. he he's the type of guy who makes you jaded yeah completely and then it's yeah. just like i just you know when i we first met you were so pure if you could have only seen right. how sweet and right, you're full right. and of then life yeah. and light she was when i first met her at you know Ugh. 19 19 <laughs> we're getting towards the end so you can you know the nausea will soon subside okay it's so Zofran. a little note about his Dumois presence. You know, he's been given the name safe sex due to receiving so many similar reports of how he handles fan hookups, ensuring oh, how does he percent. handle it? I don't actually know, but he just really ensures that there's zero chance of a John Mayer love child. Come on. Like everyone's getting vasectomies these days. Like does right. he not have a vasectomy. That's I mean, he probably does me. and probably has like frozen stuff. So In 2022, he goes on call her daddy and he kind of gives like a pretty big interview. Um, And he says, dating is no longer a codified activity for me. It doesn't exist and it's not patterned anymore. I don't really date. I don't think I have to, to be honest. I quit drinking like six years ago. So I don't have the liquid courage. I just have dry courage. So I think that's him saying, yeah, whatever. He's trying to say he's no longer such a bad boy he's talking to Alex Cooper call her daddy. And he says, look, the elephant in the room is that I'm on a show that caters to women talking about that specific interview. Um, and I have a couple of nameplates on me like Lothario and womanizer. And I think that is what it is. But I think people would be surprised to know that it was less me going like, you know, you know, that meme of the guy with his hand, like rubbing his hands behind the tree. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Never mind." because this maybe this quote make sense no no just explain it because well, i'm, I'm like super so interested a, in what he's trying to say there's a meme of like a guy behind a tree who's like going like this okay so like plotting yeah plotting and he so he says but i think people will be surprised to know it was less me like you know the meme of the guy behind the tree like rubbing his hands together plotting right, right. Yeah. and more like this looking around in disbelief me me who me mm. which is i'm just like oh my gosh really you're going to be like, oh, I was always so surprised that like women right. were to me or that. Like, yeah. Right. Like he was actually just insecure or whatever. I just wanted to make them spinach omelets. Right. I Sorry. I didn't. Yeah. Is that crazy? Something interesting that I learned in a little bit of my deeper research. His dad was 19 years older than his mom. Oh, interesting.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah, you can read between the lines there if you would like to, or you can just not pass judgment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our listeners will definitely be reading between the lines, Chandler. Right. If you're the type of person who doesn't want to pass judgment, please, for the love of God, find a different podcast. It's just not the place for you. It's not the place. It's literally not the place. (laughs) Go back to Super Soul. (laughs) So this is a comment from a user named Bitch 13 on Reddit um, saying, I think everyone needs to give John a break, to be honest. John Mm -hmm. isn't the same person as he was back then. Unlike many men in Hollywood, he really hasn't continued a pattern of mistreating women. His last public relationship was long-term and over 10 years ago. He's very much stepped back from the public eye and doesn't have a public dating life. He also struggles a lot with mental health and actually seems to be a decent person who regrets his past. And he's not performative or showy about his regrets. He really doesn't use publicity or marketing tactics, just likes to make and perform music. So honestly, people just need to enjoy Dear John and not give the guy grief for something that happened 20 years ago. I'm going to be very disappointed in this fandom if they fully attack the guy. And well, I don't know first of all, as someone who is 33, was born just a mere six months after Taylor. Six months I cling to though in my, you know, whenever I compare my, my achievements to hers, you know, right, six months course. to catch up. Yeah. But I'm sorry, this was not 20 years ago. This was 14 years ago, Mm -hmm. a lot sooner than that. I'm just not going to give him a break. I do think he's probably changed. I don't think he's the same person that he was, but I'm like, I still think he's gross to me. And yeah, he's still just not a, he's not someone that I would like ever recommend as like a, as a good person. He actually sounds like he's exactly the same if he's dating a 22 year old. Okay. How old is he now? Like 50 something? He's a little, I don't know, 48 maybe. You know, it's also just like grosses me out the friendship he has with uh, Andy Cohen. I don't think Andy Cohen cares about women. So I know (laughs) hot take (sighs) that tracks for me. Let's see. How old is John Mayer? 46. Okay. Well, you know, what? it's whatever. It's not 30 years. I'm going to play this quote where John recently talked about how he would like to get married. Oh, stop. Yeah. Because I think that's interesting. So I'm going to play some quotes from the call her daddy interview that we can discuss.
4: Every relationship I've ever been in was devoted to the idea that this could go the distance. My entire life, today included, if you told me that I could have a great two months with someone, but it would end on the first day of the third month, I would not be interested. I have always sought potential for long-term relationship. I know what my mistakes were looking back. But
0: can you pause it? I'm sorry. He, This is the same guy who gave the quote when he was like, I want to you know, make her eggs and have her be obsessed right. with me, but I don't want her to catch feelings because I yeah. like too much feelings because I don't right. want anything long-term. What is then he talking gonna, about? It's going to be a problem. No, it's yeah. just yeah. misinformation. And okay. to be honest, I think the interview is annoying to me because I just feel like Alex Cooper is just like oh. pals with him. Yeah, We have to put ourselves in her shoes. If we were, got John Mayer on this podcast, no, we we would <laughs> we would cross-examine the shit out of him. We would be striking a very different tone. We'd like, <laughs> <You'd> be like, <laughs> "Can we play one of the worst songs we've ever heard, dear John? <laughs> dear John, dear John, scrub all of our Taylor Swift content." <laughs> Do you want me to continue playing this? Yeah, please play.
4: Aware of what those things are and how you can apply that to the next relationship, I don't see a problem with any past relationships ending badly.
0: Yeah. It's just so delusional. It just own up to it. Yeah, some I was he has the excuse to be like I was a lot it was I was a lot younger, you know, it was in my 20s mm-hmm. 2 decades ago, you know, I did some things I regret. Right. But no, it's just like that is literally spinning fantasy and fiction and he's trying to play into the female audience and trying to get them to fall in love with him to right. say that he always was after long term. Like that is The biggest load of bullshit I have ever heard. I just think too, if he actually had changed and became and had like evolved into this like really emotionally intelligent guy who learned from his past, I honestly think we would see him in a relationship with somebody. Yeah, it was like healthy and stable. If he actually really wanted that, I mean, he still has his pick. I'm sure. Right. Of course. This is him talking about what he believes a solid relationship is. Is there anything that you have looked for
1: of? Something of like a theme of what you want to work on within yourself moving forward
4: That's a hot question I don't know yet Because I haven't gotten I never really got to the part Of relationship that was the smooth sailing part
0: And whose fault is that?
4: I have a feeling when I do I'm gonna have a lot to work on But I'll be excited to work on it because it won't be that incredibly fundamental stuff of like how do we how do we stay together. You know like I'm always supremely impressed by couples that I know who are having a hard time but haven't even considered breaking up. That's hot. Like that to me is the hottest. Someone complains about their girlfriend or their wife and you're and you're like You start to allude to them wanting to go somewhere else, and like, what are you talking about? No, I'm not going anywhere else. We're just having a hard time. I
0: love that,
4: and I I have a feeling. um, I'm going to be ready. (laughs) If John Mayer was here, my response would be like a little bit of intellectual. Hold on, wait, listen to this part. Control issues, only on an intellectual side. Like I can be, I can be. I'm trying to be a little more heart overhead, Mm. but I can be a little heady.
0: Ugh. Okay there's just so much to unpack. But if you're 46 years old and you've never been to the smooth sailing portion of the Mm -hmm. relationship, Mm -hmm. the problem is the person in the mirror. Are you kidding me? Literally, I know. I know. So he's just drama, 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 drama. Oh yeah. And I think think John Mayer has always had his pick of women. And so he is just never going to be satisfied. And I think that's why he can't find a stable piece of relationship. I, I don't think the women have not been satisfied with him. Oh, he's completely delusional. I mean he can never be satisfied delusional. with any partner. Yeah. Completely delusional. And absolutely. It's just like, yeah, it's so annoying. He's intellectually controlling. He sounds so fucking exhausting Literally. to be in a relationship with. I no, like thanks. need to go to sleep after this episode. I know I'm exhausted myself. I'm going to leave you with one final quote, you know, because okay. John, John wants to get married. Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> this is not on the call her daddy podcast. This is on another recent podcast. Okay, he's really doing the podcast circuit. John, come on, pop apologists. John, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. (laughs) We love your music. We love your body is a wonderland.
4: Tell you, I've never told anyone this. I want people don't think I want to be married. I absolutely want to be married. I know that. Yeah, you you secret. You know the secret, which is that I'm actually fairly well adjusted, and I so badly want to get married. If only for my wife to just know it. Her
0: sorry, I have to deposit. I don't think any man has ever said, "I so badly want to get married." He's literally lying. He's Lying. lying, or he's so delusional, like one of the two. Probably One of both. The two. I so badly want to get married. I so okay. badly. Okay, John Mayer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? there's just nobody out there who will marry John Mayer. It's I'm such sure John Mayer wants him. to be married like, to someone and in a rut and yes. to spice it up. And he wants to, do, to like, be the taking the kids work of to soccer. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, please. Okay. We might have to listen to the first part again.
4: I tell you. I've never told anyone this. I want People don't think I want to be married. I absolutely want to be married. I know that, yeah. You you know the secret, which is that I'm actually fairly well-adjusted. And I so badly want to get married, if only for my wife to just know in her heart, like, John will know what to do. I just think that level of being relied on is the hottest thing in the world, like, to (laughs) me. Like, it's like, if my husband was here, he would know what to do. Call John. Call my husband. I just think, and by the way, this—that
2: this means is you're a it. caretaker at heart. You're a caretaker.
4: You're a full grown up when this is your when this is your romantic fantasy. You're a fully fledged grown you're, up. Your
2: your kink is that you want somebody to be like, John's got a guy.
4: Reliance <laughs> kink. Yeah. Oh my god. Dependability <laughs> kink. Yes.
0: Once again, back to my original thesis. It is always all about John. Right, exactly. It's such an astute point, Chandler. This actually has nothing to do with him wanting to be a stable force in someone's life. It's just mm-hmm. he wants to be regarded as that, and I think yes. that's why it's such a fantasy to him because yes. no one has probably ever felt that way about him, mm-hmm. right? Of course, of course that's and so he, he's chasing that. The yeah, mm-hmm. to be regarded like that. I think that's because exactly he's never it given someone that stability. Right. He's never mm-hmm. given someone that day in day out. I can count mm-hmm. on you. Right. I will say that is how I feel about Kagan, by the way. Let's just leave it on a a positive note. Don't you feel the same way about Ben? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ben is your advisor. Like he knows what to do. Like you can really trust him. I mean, it's funny you say really trust him. I want you to know that Ben likes John Mayer and I have grappled with this. Oh, because I'm just like, you just don't honestly just don't understand the female experience. And John Mayer you know what he's done for women how how he sent them done back to us what he's done to us no I've, it's absolutely the way i feel about ben despite his affinity for john mayer music well chandler thank you so much for another guilty verdict against john guilty mayer, baby rendered in the court of pop apologists <laughs> lock him away and throw away the key <laughs> we're done with you john unless you we're done come on with our- the show <laughs> <laughs> the witch hunt has concluded. John, that was a stunning witch hunt. You guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to this little, little pod. We'll be back you. next week. We'll be back on Patreon on Friday. Mm-hmm. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We're here to stay, baby. We don't have stability issues, unlike like. <laughs> it's so true. One thing. You guys, can we just beg of you to do one thing, please? One thing. Please, everyone. Go to our Apple podcast reviews and leave us a five star review. And if you do that, if you write something, send us a screenshot, email it to popapologist at gmail.com. We will send you a little surprise in the mail. We a little really surprise. need Some reviews. We've, we, ha- it's been a minute since we've gotten an influx. And frankly, we don't have enough compared to how many people listen to the show. It's out of balance. It's out of balance. Exactly. It's so out of please, balance, you guys. Exactly go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, take a screenshot. If it's not five stars, I'm sorry, you're not getting a surprise. There's no special surprise coming in the mail for you. (laughs) But if you would like the special surprise, five stars, write a review, and then email us a screenshot, popapologist at gmail.com. It would really mean the world to us. It would really mean the world to us. It would help us include your address in the email so we can send your special surprise to you. The reviews truly help us so much and we would truly appreciate it. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, And we will see you next week, live every Wednesday.